This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I'm not saying that Brandon Miller is automatically the best player uh, who isn't Scoot Henderson, but Brandon Miller at 6'9", good defender, really good shooter, and I think has a fun personality. Uh, I think he'll ultimately be the pick. We'll find out what Jay Billis thinks right now as we bring in ESPN's ace college basketball analyst and the fifth fifth round pick of the 1986 draft by the Dallas Mavericks. When was the last time somebody introduced you as the fifth round pick of the Mavericks? Uh, about 20 minutes ago. Oh, really? Uh, it always happens. Yeah, it always happens around this time. Gosh, of year. I'm so unoriginal, Jay. I apologize for being unoriginal. Uh, thank you very much. I know it's a busy day for you. You've already been all over my, uh, my TV and radio. Um, your thoughts, you did the, you did the LeBron James game when he was still in high school with Dick Vitale on ESPN back in 03, correct? Yeah, I saw LeBron when he was a sophomore. Um, I, in fact, in that game, I was the only one that had seen him before. And then uh, that was our first uh, ESPN's first draft and my first draft uh, sitting on the desk. So, yeah, there's a, a long-time connection to LeBron there. How does Victor Wembenyama compare as a prospect to what you saw from LeBron? Um, similar in the way you felt that it was a can't-miss proposition uh, that – uh, and and I there was not even a hint of of injury with uh, with LeBron. You know, it was just sort of he's so physically imposing at that age relative to his, uh, and then with, with his skill level. I mean, it was Kobe Garnett type skill for a high school player, and and way more physically imposing at that time, and that that proved out over the long run. Uh, Wembenyama, the only you know the only concern you have with him is his build. You right. know that he's not a big, strong uh, body, but he's he's seven four and so unbelievably skilled. And you know he's made a, a huge leap just from last year, and I think that's going to continue. And he's got the mental makeup of a, of a pro. He's been a pro already, mm-hmm. so I, I don't have any concerns with him. Um, look, if we were playing, if he had to, you know, getting fights down in the low post for <laughs> for the block. You know, back in the seventies or something, and he's he's having to go against Artist Gilmore and Nate Thurmond and <laughs> Wes Unseld. You go, okay, well, he's too thin. But in today's game, I just don't see that being a, a major problem. I was talking about this earlier. Everybody can shoot the ball from the perimeter, at least maybe not all at the same efficiency. But I mean, everybody has that as part of their arsenal at this point. The NBA demands it. That if, you, if you're not a threat to shoot the ball, maybe it's not a three-pointer, but it's certainly out to 15 or so feet. If you can't do that, they don't have to guard you in the NBA. But he can do that. He plays offense like a guard, doesn't he? Yeah, he's kind of like a 6'2 guard in a 7'5 body. <laughs> um, but it, it, defensively, he'll step in right away and be uh, a major impact player. Uh, but he's so skilled as a an offensive player. It's not like he's this visionary passer. That's not that's not his game. But uh, but he can shoot. Uh, I think he's going to improve as a three point shooter. Um, you know, he, he knocks down like eighty four percent from the foul line. He shot over two hundred free throws last year, so it's not like it's some small sample size. Uh, and uh, and he's uh, uh, you know he's so sort of fluid. 
Uh, and he, he when he when he takes a jump shot, he's got very good mechanics. It's a very pretty shot. But when he gets up to to his release point, he's already over the rim. You know, it's, it's like this unblockable shot. You know, he could do this Dirk thing where he goes off one foot, and he's got a ton of natural ability, and obviously things that he's worked on. But um, it's just, you, you've never seen anything like him. It's jaw dropping, and uh, and to think that there's there's a lot you know a lot of room for improvement for him to be you know one of the iconic players of his his time. Jay Billis is joining us. He'll be part of ESPN's draft coverage tonight. He also has, it seems, I mean, I've never met him, and I've only seen him handle himself in interviews, and I watched him uh, on the draft lottery night with Brian Winhorst over in France, but he seems to have a maturity about him that is uncommon for somebody who is, what, 19? Yeah, he's been raised for this, so that, that that's true of a number of, of uh, international players that have played professional basketball at a very young age, and he's one of those, but uh, he's also, you know, he, he, he treats himself like a pro and not, not, I don't mean spending money and buying cars. I mean, <laughs> he takes care of his body. He does significant injury, pre- uh, prevention work that usually it takes a guy two or, you know, two or three years to figure out in the NBA. Sometimes they figure it out right away, but he's doing it before he gets there. And, uh, so, and, and he's also, he's not been. Most of the other international players in this draft have been complimentary players on their teams because of their youth. Right. He led his league in scoring, rebounding, and block shots, and, and he doubled the block shot total of any other player in the league. Um, and he took his, took his team all the way to the, to the finals of, of that league this year. Um, it, he's really extraordinary. And, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes at this time of year when – Maybe, you know, basketball fans don't spend all this time looking at these prospects. They're kind of going, okay, we've heard this before. You haven't heard this before, <laughs> and you haven't seen this before. This is not hype. Um, this is fact. It, we, and, but we heard the same thing with LeBron. You know, people saying, oh, geez, okay, here's the next <laughs> great one. And he was. Um, but this is not the general, you know, positive talk about the number one pick being the best player this year. This is he could be one of the best ever if he uh if he doesn't get hurt yeah i mean and i know he's skinny and he actually said that maybe everybody else shouldn't be lifting weights maybe they should try to be getting skinny too my concern for him is more about his feet because when guys are that tall it's usually the lower extremities that are more of the issue than anything else but i mean he is as you said a fluid athlete jay billis is joining us here the Hornets have the second pick. I know you're based in Charlotte. I'm sure you've heard a lot of the chatter about this. Do you have an opinion, Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson? It's a close call because, uh, you know, Scoot Henderson is kind of like, uh, he reminds you of Russell Westbrook when he was at UCLA. He's that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and similarly, they were not good shooters when they came out. Um, he's not a good shooter, but uh, he's not a bad shooter, but he uh, he only makes about 29% from three. And because he's not that good of a shooter, he doesn't take doesn't take all that many of them. Um, but he he's you know he's got the arms of a six nine guy, and uh, you know you talk about explosive first step, gets to the rim, finishes, uh, ultra competitive. But Brandon Miller's six nine, and he can really shoot it. And I think what you were saying before about you know shooting being at a premium in the mm-hmm. NBA, uh, you know he's got that already. 
And so I tend to think that he, he would be the pick for Charlotte. But you never know. I mean, it, you can't go wrong either player. It's really it, because shooting is such a premium. That's why, I mean, you have no way of, uh, of you don't have to believe me when I say this, but back in 2008, I guess it was, I thought Steph Curry should be the first pick in the draft with James Harden, with Blake Griffin, because we knew this. We knew Curry would be able to shoot. That's, he could just keep going further, further, further back. Uh, and if you wanted to go out and guard him, he was going to be able to shoot. I'm not sure why Grady Dick isn't going to be a very high pick because I think this guy can shoot it from everywhere. Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, make sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Uh, he's going to be a high pick. Um, you know, he'll be taken in the in the top dozen, I think. Um, and that's hardly, it's lottery. Okay. It's, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> but you know, the one thing Grady Dick has a problem with, he's not a, not a great defender. He gets attacked on defense, but, but you're right. He can really, he can really shoot it. He's probably, he and Bryce Sensabaugh of Ohio state, Brandon Miller would be up there. Um, Ben Shepard of Belmont. Uh, th- those guys, uh, are, are, are the best shooters. Let me ask you one more thing before I let Jay Billis go. And I appreciate your time, sir. Uh, and there are no absolutes here, so uh, I don't. I'm not trying to paint everything with a broad brush. It does make it more difficult to evaluate players who play um, in G League Ignite because they don't play. When I say a, a non-competitive, they play against good players, but the outcome of their games generally do do not matter. Overtime Elite takes it to another level. Uh, where the outcomes don't matter, whereas in college, these guys, while not playing against maybe the best competition, are playing games of consequence. How does it kind of impact the evaluation process when you're when you have guys playing in different different types of basketball? I'm not sure I would concur with that line of thinking. Um, you know, the G League are, are is made up of of NBA players. And sometimes it's guys on a two-way contract or whatever. It's a really high level of competition. Um, and part of that, you know, if there is a function where you think that, that players don't care about the outcome, that's even a, a, can be a better scenario to see if the, if the individual prospect cares about winning when, mm-hmm. when other people might not. Overtime elites a little bit of a different deal. Um, you know, Overtime elite is more, um, you know, glorified high school basketball, I'd say. Right. Um, it's not bad. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. But, look, it, it, in in my view, if you know what you're looking at, you can spot uh, talent, whether it's playing at the YMCA or playing in high school or whatever. It's not like it's not like we, we didn't know that Zion Williamson was really good when he was in high school uh, or R.J. Barrett was really good when he was in high school. Um, now, of course, all these guys are going to get better as they get older. Players are going to look different from age 18 to age 23, 24, whatever. Um, but the, the hard part of this is not what they are. Uh, it's, it's what they're going to be in the future. That's what, that's what these players are being drafted on is what tools do they have and aptitude do they have 
and want to to be uh, a difference making player in the future. And so I think in tonight's draft, you're going to see a number of uh, what I would call upside picks right. where they're betting on their future. And you're going to see a number of picks where they're taking a guy like Case and Wallace who's from Kentucky, who's a really safe pick because of what he can do already, what his floor is rather than his ceiling uh, or Jaime Hawkins jr. Where mm-hmm. you know what you're getting and it's really good. It's just not perhaps not going to be superstar good. Um, you know, that's the rub here and the, the difficult part. Do you have a favorite player? As I let you go. Uh, I don't know that I have a favorite. Um, you know, you watch all these guys. Uh, there, there are some really interesting stories here. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jaime Hawkins Jr. Mentioning him at UCLA. You know, I think he'll go late in the first round. Um, and uh, but there, you know, Colby Jones of Xavier, I, I really like. I mentioned Casey Wallace of uh, Kentucky, not as superstars, but as uh, as guys that are going to come in. Like Colby uh, uh, Jones reminds me a, a little bit of Josh Hart in the way he okay. plays when he was in Villanova. And then Cam Whitmore, I, I've been really high on from the beginning. Um, he didn't play a ton at Villanova because of injury, but uh, uh, I, I have him as the, the uh, fourth best prospect in the draft. And uh, and I think he's, uh, I don't know where he's going to go, whether it's eight or nine or four or whatever, three, who knows. But, uh, but I think he's legit. Jay Billis, I appreciate your time, sir. Uh, next time we'll talk about you and Five Clubs Golf because I know you uh, you are there with Gary Williams. I appreciate your time. Appreciate uh, being on. Thank you. You got it. Jay Billis here on the Adam Gold Show. ESPN Draft coverage this evening. Don't you know? Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists. Talented surgeons. Highly skilled specialists. All of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.